podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're going to bring to you here on Barmy Army TV and Shackles are off podcast. Well, something pretty special. It's the 11th year anniversary. I know a little bit rogue, but that's how we do things here. A little trip down memory lane of the World Cup final. And we're talking the T20 World Cup final in the Caribbean, which featured the likes of Kevin Peterson, Paul Collingwood, Tim Bresnan and Ryan Sidebottom. And we've actually got three of those names joining us on this call. Chris Millard from the Barmy Army. This is going to be awesome. Um, really looking forward to speaking to these boys and seeing what's going on. And fond memories as well, not just from us as kids, actually, it's got to be said, watching it, but also from the Barmy Army in general, because it's one of the favourite ever moments in English cricket. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I know a lot of people that were there, and I know a lot of people obviously were watching it, and you have memories. It's one of those, you know where you were moments, no matter what age you were or what you were doing in life, you know the time that England won the T20 World Cup. The same with the ODI World Cup in 2019. So it's been a, it's been a great pleasure, actually, during lockdown to watch it back on the replays on Sky when I've not been able to show anything else. They've, they've showed the replay of that a fair few times, I must admit. I, I always stick it on and always watch it. And it's great to see some familiar faces now. We've done the podcast, we've had these guys on and, and it's great to see and hear them talk about what happened on the day and what happened in that tournament. So can't wait to hear from Collie, Brezzy and Siddy. And yeah, let's um, let's get them on. Yeah, well, we started off by asking them what, apart from winning the trophy, what was their favourite memory of that tournament? Gone. For, for me, it was just the team spirit and camaraderie that we had. Um, we had a you know a talented group of players, and we it just everything just clicked um, into place. You know, under under Collie's guidance as well, he he brought sort of a calmness and um, sort of that that freedom of going out and just enjoying you know enjoying the tournament, enjoying playing you know in big in big games, and it certainly paid off for all of us. We. We played so much better. I think, you know, Collie, and I'm not blowing his own trumpet because he's here with us, but he certainly got an extra few percentage out of all the players just because of how he spoke, you know, how he wanted us to play, what type of cricket he wanted us to play. And it, and it certainly worked for us. We were, you know, we were outstanding on that tournament, most definitely. City, you're very kind this morning, aren't you, mate? Pleasure, yeah, Pleasure captain. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it wasn't... You see, it was underrated by many. It wasn't underrated by us. And and still to this day, that's meant so much, just winning that tournament um, and the memories that we created in, in a short space of time over the, the three weeks, I think it was, was incredible. And memories that last forever. Um, and it was such a, a powerful kind of three weeks that... 
you just times like this when you see each other you just start smiling and that's all it takes is like a little little smile because you know you've been through something that was special in your lives um so we didn't underrate it um i would say when we got back home and went to down the street and david cameron did a speech and said, uh, well done to Colin and the boys. <laughs> I remember that. I think that was slightly underrated, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it was just, it was almost perfect. I mean, it, it, for us, it was like um, a juggernaut that had just gaining momentum all the way through the tournament. We scraped through the, uh, the group stages early on and then from that point, we just got stronger and stronger. And it was almost like that, as City said, that, that confidence and the togetherness just grew all the time. And, and it was really an approach that Andy Flower had we'd, we'd discussed before we got to the tournament. Whatever we'd done in the past never worked. It was, we were always far too conservative, whether it be selection, whether it be our approach. Um, and we took a few risks. We took a risk in terms of let's just let's just um, select some really kind of different players. Kitty's went alone at the top of the order um, was so influential in, in getting the team off to a good start. Um, but not just the players that we selected, but the approach. And I think City's right. We we took a gamble. We just said, look, lads. Enjoy the next three weeks. Just train hard, but apart from that, off the field, go and play golf, get around the pool if you want to, um, enjoy the Caribbean. And and we actually had an amazing time off the pitch as, as much as we did on it. And and I think sometimes, you know, when you're in international cricket, you've you've got to you've got to do all those one percenters off the pitch, you've got to do the gym, you've got to do this. But this was just a short period for us. And I said to Andy, I said, listen, let's forget about six months down the line, the ashes and all this kind of stuff. Let's just enjoy here and now and see how that actually takes us, how far that takes us in, in terms of just having a smile on your face. And, and thankfully, it worked. I mean, if it didn't work, we'd have been seen as like drunkards around the pool having pina coladas <laughs> at three o'clock in the afternoon and off playing golf all the time um so it was oh, a bit we of a look, gamble we look more like a pub team mate we were like a pub team <laughs> it was but it, but it, was, but it worked but it, was it was brilliant yeah it did I mean, it we, we celebrated fantastic. hard didn't we afterwards yeah. yeah it did work i had a bloody great time uh, let me tell you for three weeks yeah <laughs> like I'll, I'll who, who was the last man standing last man standing on the night, on no, the night, win. Oh, I can't time. remember that. I can't no, remember can't, I, I can't remember past nine o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yards back, Michael Yardy bouncing like a bouncing bomb either side, just knocking people out of the way. Then that was early <laughs> doors in one of the nightclubs we went in. I can't remember which one. It, which it was one all was the it? Light City. Yeah, all the yeah. I mean, I remember that being just laughing at him, like thinking he's he's like absolutely annihilated, but it was hilarious. I think I think he was singing West Ham songs. He probably was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he had his tattoo out as well, didn't he? he had his yeah, big tattoo out. <laughs> Come on, you hammers, and I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I remember 
I remember just like Collie said, just having like unbelievable fun for three weeks, and like we were, it was work hard, and then whatever you do away from here is your own time, and we certainly made the most of it. Um, there was just no pressure. You didn't feel judged for going out and having a beer um, in Collie's under Collie's reign, and none of the coaching staff either were were judging because they were most likely parked up next to you on a table in the same bar. So, <laughs> um, no, it was absolutely fantastic experience and fantastic to play cricket that way. And I think everyone, you know, it was so relaxed and that, you know, transferred onto the pitch as well. Um, I just just one thing about that that final day. We were in Harbour Lights, weren't we? I actually took, um, I took my wife and kids. We were on a family holiday and I took them last January or January before. And I walked in and I was literally going, oh no, yeah, flashbacks are doomed. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is the scene. <laughs> this is the scene. Because lads were just buying drinks, weren't they? And people were buying us drinks. And there were just tables and tables of rum and cokes literally surrounding us. You didn't have to go to the bar. You just picked them up and necked it. And then, you know, having drinking contests and all sorts, spraying champagne at each other. Oh, it was just ridiculous. Why not? You just won the World Cup, haven't you? I mean, Chris, you you obviously know the Harbour Lights very well, mate, because um, it's a popular Barmy Army spot when yes. you go on tour. Uh, we spoke to Jimmy Anderson ages ago about, we asked him about this, and he said that it was his favourite tour ever because he was basically a passenger. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't get in the team. So he was, you know, he was basically like, well, you know, doing all the stuff that you guys were saying. But just like loving it and they didn't feel like sort of cast out or anything just like fully just enjoyed the whole thing and that seems to be like a whole theme of it I think he it? said stag do Greggy yeah it was just it was a stag do for the players that weren't playing well yeah <laughs> um but we had to slightly rein it in a little bit you know we had a job to do at the end of the day but it was enjoy yourself as much as possible without going over without he said what did you say Col? just let's not have any Fred Lowe incidents yeah well I think I think Andy's Andy was always um, just don't get arrested I think that was, was quite a low bar I think that was his message um, but I do re- I do remember kind of as a, the tournament went on obviously you, you celebrate your, your wins you celebrate your success if someone's done something um, special in the game, then you have a few beers. And I remember we were celebrating well after after our wins. We had some magnificent um, wins along the way and, and in some great venues. You, you're playing in the Caribbean. And um, after the group stages where we were in Guyana, which wasn't so, you know, amazing, um, then you move on to kind of St. Lucia and Barbados and, and venues like that, it's it's... It's obviously, it just lends itself to, you know, enjoying the restaurants, the bars. And, um, and we had some great celebrations after the, after the wins. And I remember getting to the semi-final and, you know, Andy, Andy, we obviously won the game and Andy was like, right, Collie, um, I think the boys just need to calm down. And I said, Andy, we're in a World Cup final, mate. We, whatever we've been doing, Let's keep doing it. And he was like, Yeah, but the boys have been going pretty hard. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> we're in a final now. This is this is important. 
And I was like, and I was really strong. I said, I need to let the boys go. They're, they're having fun. You can see they're, they're playing with a smile on their faces. Um, let's not get cold feet now. Let's not change anything now because we're actually in the in the final. It's um, and he was like, okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. But uh, well, we had a look. We had a a, a special team, and um, to me, we we went on a nine-game unbeaten run um, through that tournament, and then afterwards as well. And and the one thing for me was the bowlers and I've got two of them here on, on this call. I could just literally just say, can you do this? And we'll have this field and they would produce it. So the skill level was incredible. If we, if they had to bowl a slow ball bouncer, they produced it. There was a slow ball bouncer. If there was a wide Yorker, if it was a heavy length, the first six overs, we always spoke about keeping the basics heavy length over middle stump. And if the batsmen want to try to do things, then allow them to do it. So they're, you know, they're going to have to take a risk to do it. And and it was real simple plans. And, and I know like slow ball bouncers don't sound simple, but we all backed the bowlers to do them at the, at the back end, the last five, um, the last kind of five overs. And um, Brezzy, you, you resorted to your, to Yorkers, you were very good at bowling your slow ball and Yorkers. City was more slow ball bouncers. Brody was slow ball bouncers. Um, and obviously they had the, the spin twins of Swanee and Yards, who were two completely different bowlers. Through the middle, Swanee was more of a gambler. Which, um, he had a lot of respect from the opposition, so they didn't actually take that many risks against him. They tried to come after Yards. Yards was just firing the ball. Um, and, and very canny in the way that he changed his, changed his pace. And this group of bowlers in that nine-game unbeaten run didn't go for over 149 runs. You're going to win most of your games if you don't go for 149 runs. And, and to me, that was the main reason. I always think you win big tournaments, you win um, World Cups if you've got a good bowling unit. Um, Ashes as well. I think those big, big tournaments... You've got to make sure your bowling unit's um, on song. And, and it was incredible, um, that bowling unit. Obviously, we had the likes of Lum and Keys right at the top of the order who were just got us off to great starts. We never really had to try to catch up games. KP was way ahead of his game um, in that era. And um, he brought a calmness and, and a power that you know we, we hadn't really utilised before in World Cups. And then... You know, Morg's a young Irish kid who's just a free spirit. And, um, you know, and, and, and Luke Wright coming in six, it's, you know, a great, one of the, one of England's greatest T20 cricketers who's been a, 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 tweet, a T20 um, renegade and gone around all the, the world leagues and, and played in T20 cricket. So, um, so it was just a fantastic, you look back and it just, just every single cog worked and, and came together. And, um, and and that's why you can always look back and go, that was a real team. Uh, didn't have to change the team at all. We kept the same um, same team all the, way, all the way throughout, apart from when KP went home for the birth. And, um, and it was just, it just everybody knew their roles. Everybody knew what they had to do to, um, 
And if they did their part, then everyone else did their their part. We we won games of cricket. It was as simple as that. And lads, I mean, you must have loved playing under the freedom of that and the fact that you've got a skipper who was just backing you because you boys were just doing those things that Collie spoke about on demand. And the fact that you had KP, who was player of the tournament, and all the other names that Collie's just mentioned, that frees you up a little bit, doesn't it, when you're bowling? And, yeah. I mean, that must have been that must have been awesome for, for you boys. I remember... It, helps, like, when, um, it helps when you're hung over as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember one of the games in, I think it was Guyana or St. Lucia, the wind played a massive part and um, we set this field and I was like, I'm not sure about this. Cole is like, look, I don't care if you bowl three wides this over. Like, if you get wider three times, I don't care. Just make sure you don't get it that side with the wind. So I was like, okay. And I ended up bowling like three or four wides, didn't I? You were just like, mate, it's working. Just keep going. Um and end of day, I only went for like eight or nine, but that was good enough, you know, because if you get it up in the wind, blokes were getting smashed for, you know, 20 in and over. So, you know, the assessment of the conditions at that time, um, obviously a credit to Colin, um, the backroom staff, support staff who were doing all the stats and analysis and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was like, look, I don't, I don't honestly give an F if you... If you hit widened, just don't get it for sticks over there with the wind. You know? <laughs> City, what was that? Like? I mean, look, everybody. T- I mean, you were joint top wicket taker, weren't you, for for England there? And that was you just basically freed yourself up. You, you rediscovered like your very, very best form, didn't you, at the right time? That must have been quality. Yeah, I think it. It was just it's a confidence thing, isn't it? We were, you know, just so confident as a as a team and. You know, confidence breeds a winning sort of mentality and and it allows you to just go out there and you don't think of the occasion or who you're playing against. You just go out there and enjoy and, and you know, you just concentrate solely on yourself, you know, and what your job is or your role is. And, you know, I knew that I was opening the ball in. I'd bowl maybe one, two or three overs, depending on how it went. And then I was always going to bowl at the death, whether it be the 18th, 19th, 20th over. So we all had a different game plan. And, and you know, my plan was to, you know, heavy length. And then at the back end, you know, like Collie alluded to, sort of slow ball bouncers and, and Yorkers. And it worked, a, it worked a treat. But, you know, one bowler doesn't make a tournament. And and we did play so well as a team. We bowled well as a, as a unit. We were outstanding. And our batting lineup was just so, so solid. And you're growing confidence in each and every game. We just got better and better and better. And like Collie said, we, you know, when you get to the final, you don't want to change anything, anything you, you do, whether it on or off the field. We still celebrated our semi-win. And we just, I think the final, we did think we were going to win. I mean, I, you know, you don't turn up thinking, yes, we're going to win. We're going to batter Australia. You know, it's going to be a tough game. But we were very quietly confident I, I felt um, just leading up to the final because of how we played and that team spirit and and everything we had amongst it. But I mean, one thing, David Seiko, you know, our, our bowling coach at the time, these things you kind of underestimate. We we watched little videos before every game of opposition and normally you overanalyze and you're like, this, these are his four boundary shots. These are how he's playing. He's in great form. 
all we watched was how many te- how they got out. And, <laughs> I love that. And, you know, whether off stump and middle stump went flying. And, and weirdly enough, again, something like that is a massive confidence booster. We weren't watching them, you know, smash it everywhere. It was just like how many times they got the hobs knocked out. And it, weirdly enough, it, it, it helps, you know, the lad's like, oh, yeah, you know, he actually... He's got a problem. He's gonna, you know, he's he's hopeless. David Warner, he's crap. But you just he's watching the game balled out. So, you know, those little things as well do make a huge difference. And we just look, we enjoyed the tournament. We played, you know, we played so well. I remember um, Nathan Lehman, uh, our analyst, and and still is our analyst. He came to um, to me about six months before the tournament, and I asked him. I said, look. Can you get some stats on Yorkers? Um, what is officially the best ball to ball in the last kind of three, four overs of the T20? Um, I played, I played a bit in IPL. Um, I was very strong. I'd come out of the IPL, I think, and um, left arm bowlers in the back end were were averaging about. I think at the time it was something like um, ten runs less than right arm bowlers, and which is to have someone like City, who was so accurate at, at delivering his skill, it was a godsend. So there was a few things that came out of IPL that I was like, right, can I take that into our international team? Can I take it into the England team? And I asked Nathan Lehman, I said, listen, what's what's the crack on Yorkers? Because in IPL, all I see is if someone misses a Yorker by six inches, it, it's gone. And he came up with this, this grid system Um of your red zone if you miss your mark here like yorkers he said if you nail a yorker you 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 obviously your average is is very low your strike rate's very good but he said there's a very very small margin of of error whereas he says there's this zone up here and it was like you had this kind of meter squared zone which was head height way outside off stump that he said it's almost like bowling Yorker, but you've got so much more margin for error. It's a, it's a bigger space. And it was literally a long hop outside of Stump. And he said, if you take pace off it up there, then you, um, you know, you're not going to go for any runs. Stats tell you out of the, all the balls that he's put into his system, you're not going to go for many runs. And it was really that kind of forward thinking and, and idea that how oh, maybe we can get ahead of the game. And I think we were ahead of the game at the time. Batsmen didn't really know how to cope with it because we brought both the fielders up. We brought third man, fine leg up. And we were saying, take the, take the outfielders on if you want. And um, you didn't have enough pace to knock it over the top of the of third man or, or even fine leg. And I think, I think it took a long time for batsmen to actually come up with a, a plan against it. And we were almost like ahead of the game in, in, in terms of all the other teams because of that. Um, so even though it was just a free spirit and, and it was a, it was an amazing kind of team camaraderie, there was things in the, in behind the scenes that were going on to get us to that point. And certainly, you know, having an analy- analysis like that, who was thinking outside the box was, um, I think that was a, a great starting point. Um, but I remember City, you, I actually, in the final, I actually bowled you one over too many in the first six overs because you were, you were flying. 
I mean, you were bowling gas as well. It was it was swinging. You're obviously getting a couple of wickets, and and I actually knew that I was taking a risk bowling in that third over in the first six, and that I would I would I wouldn't have my banker at, uh, at the back end. Um, and we got hurt a little bit on the last ten overs, but we'd had such a good first ten overs that it didn't really um, hurt us too much. And because um, my plan my plan was very similar, I just bowl you. Two overs at the at the top, um, obviously Brody and, and Brezzy, and then you had two spinners just coming on in the middle, and then you lads were coming at the back end. It was like a, a, a simple game plan. Um, but yeah, you you were on fire that day. You were obviously flying in and uh, good bouncing carry on that pitch and, and took wickets. Well, with the slow ball bounce, I was like, when when you first introduced it and you sort of said to all the boys, like, this is what we're gonna do. I remember our first couple of sessions, I was like a kid in a sweet shop. We were like, bloody hell, this is going to work. It's like, what is this? Slow ball bounces? It's unheard of. And it would just, it would all something very new. And we loved it. All the, I remember all the bowlers sort of laughing and joking and having a bit of fun with it. And, and it, we, we knew that it worked and it worked straight away. And it, you know, it worked brilliantly throughout the tournament. It was, it was awesome. Amazing. Collie, just a, a question for you, I guess. You look at England's ODI side and how far back the prep went to win that World Cup in 2019. How far back did it go for you? Were you working on this like four or five years out or was it a shorter time phase that you looked at? <laughs> no, this, was, this was literally, apart from the, the analysis from uh, Nathan Lehman, who, as I said, I think was probably five or six months before the tournament. Um, apart from that, this was lastminute.com. And the reason being... We we had a we had a lineup that we were going to go in with, and if it wasn't for that Lions game in uh, Abu Dhabi, um, we we played like a, a couple of practice games against the Lions. Um, if it wasn't for that, I don't think we'd have had our eyes opened. And and this is where I'm saying we took a risk because Michael Lum and Craig Kieswetter absolutely smashed our bowlers. And they did, you know, hats off. They they played unbelievably well. Um, and it wasn't to me, I wasn't scared that my bowlers weren't good enough. I was like, wow, these batters are, are playing a different game here. And no disrespect to, um, I think Joe Denley was in the side at the time, uh, maybe Belly, um, Trotty um, was in the side. We kind of had, and it might have been the approach, it might have been, you know, the approach that we had before, but we were very um, conservative. And and I learned something from that tournament that you don't win big, big tournaments if you're conservative. I always feel as though you've got to be on the more aggressive side of the line. You've got to be ahead of the game. You've got to be doing stuff that's slightly different to all the other international teams. And we were far too conservative in, in World Cups. We didn't take risks. And now... I'd seen two players that could actually take those risks. And if we give them the freedom, if we give them that license and we give them that kind of that comfort zone that if you do get out in the first couple of overs and we're asking you to do that, there's no problem. And the rest of your teammates, no, it's no problem. That's your job. If there's an off spinner bowling to you in the first over, Keezy, take him down. Same as Lummy, if there was a left arm spinner bowling to him, 
you've got the license, take them down. If you get out, it's not a problem. That's your that's your job. And this wasn't just said to the individuals. This was said in team meetings, so everyone knew that was a team plan. And if they got they got out, they come into the, the dugout, it'd be bad luck, mate. Next time you'll t- you'll get them. And, um, and I think that's that to me was that was as powerful as anything else. Everyone knew that they were getting the backing from the the rest of the peers. But this was. You know, if it wasn't for that Abu Dhabi game, and that wasn't long before the tournament, um, I, I don't think we'd have been as successful as, um, as as we were. So that was that was lastminute.com, and and really the the approach. I mean, Andy Flower is a very very thorough coach, and you imagine him just allowing all of his players to become this kind of free spirited team. It must have taken a lot. For Andy to to actually to do that, um, so you've got to give hats off to to him as a um, from a from a coach's point of view just to go. I mean, as I said, he did start nipping a little bit when he got the semi final stage, and we were out till <laughs> two o'clock in the morning in Saint Lucia, and uh, he was like, "Colly, you know, lads need to calm down. We're at the final note. Nah." Let's go harder. We're all right. <laughs> so good. I find that fascinating because, like you said, I can't imagine actually him sort of letting go. But I, I think it's funny the closer you got to winning the trophy, he started trying to get that control back a bit. I like that. Um, just uh, just finally, gents, before we sort of let you get off, I mean, the the crowd, the whole atmosphere. I mean, cricket in the Caribbean is awesome, isn't it? Because the crowds just love it. They don't care who's playing particularly. Obviously, if the Windies are playing, it's a different matter all completely. But if you've got two neutral sides, they just go mad for brilliant cricket, the atmosphere, the sun's out. It's a World Cup. It's a brilliant tournament. You obviously get home to loads of fanfare and you, the fact that you've won the World Cup probably with slightly dusty heads as well. Um, and you get, you know, like you said, the Prime Minister calling you Colin and all this type of stuff. Just kind of give us like each each of you. I'll start with Siddy, Tim, and then and then Colly to wrap things up. Um, just your overriding final kind of thoughts on on it, because it, like try and package it all up into into something if you can. I know it's quite impossible because we've talked for about twenty five minutes here and we're still we're still going. Yes, yeah, special, special, special. Just. Really, really special, special moment personally for myself. And, you know, the memories I'll never, ever, ever forget, you know, the the team, you know, how we celebrated, the nights out that we had, the drunkenness, you know, so you have, you might have a medal or that's against your name now, you're a World Cup winner. But for me, it's the memories, you know, the celebrations is something I'll never, ever forget, ever, like ever, ever. Rizzy. Um Yeah, similar. I think it's it's up there, one of my most treasured memories um, of cricket. Um, I think it, it kind of... We, we did get back and there was a little bit of a fanfare, but I think what you guys like alluded to at the start of the show, it kind of went under the radar because mm. literally we were in between so much cricket, which we were winning. Um so it was a very successful period for us in all three formats. I think at one time we were world number, we were World Cup winners. We were number one in Test cricket and we were number one in 50 of cricket as well. We were number one in all three forms. And I think that's why it kind of went under under the radar a little bit. 
And then you won but, the Ashes um, as well, didn't you? And it was like, almost like a... Mental. You know, do you reckon people went, oh, England cricket have won again? What a shock. Do you reckon yeah, was- yeah. I think it was like that. Um, and it was Ashes down under and we'd just come from India and we'd just beaten them, you know? Oh, maybe that was straight after the Ashes or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was such a successful period for, for English cricket. Uh, and it did go slightly under the radar, did the T20 World Cup. I think... Um, all the oldies are still calling it pajama cricket, and you know all the uh, all the guys that aren't quite into T Twenty as it wasn't as big as what it is now with the IPL and stuff like that, which is you know huge as tournaments starting all over the place. Um, but yeah, I think my overriding emotion and feeling was just a massive sense of fun and enjoyment, um, and that's you know I've I've taken a lot of my I've taken a lot of the way I play my cricket from then on, um, from from that team and how we how we played and you know the ultimate positiveness of college <clears throat> chat, the language that he used, the you know there was never a negative thought. It was like if lads, if you want to if you want to you know go out and smack it, you go smack it. I mean, we had uh, I can't remember in the final we had like four overs left. But Collie was just like, Shane Watson, I'm having a piece of you, son. I'm finishing it this over, you know? And it was that kind of mentality that, you know, drove us forward in that comp and allowed us to win it and what I've taken into my cricket from them. Love it. And Collie, can England win the World Cup this year? Because there's a bit of symmetry, isn't there? There's the T20 World Cup, if things go ahead, the way they're kind of scheduled to. And then the Ashes. So what's, you know, do you reckon that some of the... Current lot should uh, perhaps listen to this call. Um, well, the current lot don't have to listen to this call because that's how they play their cricket now. And um, Owen Morgan has brought that kind of mentality into the team, and we've seen it over the last four years um, of what he's done in uh, the white ball cricket. And it's taken our game to the, ne- the next level. He's created a, a legacy that. This isn't just going to, you know, um, work for the next six months. This is something that is going to work in white ball cricket for decades to come um, because it's so ingrained and so powerful, the culture now um, that he's he's brought into the team. Um, you're seeing the, the next level of players coming through and their approach in county cricket. It's, um, we've got a, we've got a, you know, a, a load of players who the skill levels and the approach that they have, who could who could play in that international team. So we've got a hell of a chance, a, a great chance. Would we'll be obviously one of the favourites going in there, um, which is which is exciting. It can be it can be done again. Um, they were close in 2016, I think it was in Calcutta, um, but you know it, they couldn't be in a more suited and, and better position that they are now. Um, they've got an amazing team and an amazing approach, a, a great leader who's experienced everything. So it's, um, so, you know, touch wood, it's, it's looking good, but T20 cricket, as, as we always know, it's um, not always black and white. Um, so you just get one performance from the opposition out of one of their players, then you, you could be in trouble. But just going back to you know, that's that's further down the line. But just going back to your um, 
your question, what does that T20 World Cup bring? I'm a big believer in creating memories. And, you know, we, we have a very privileged position of playing for you, your country. And that means a hell of a lot to us. And it means a hell of a lot to when you're in Barbados, when you see all the English flags and you, you know, you're, you're the Barmy Army. And it was a home fixture. Um, and it was the perfect storm. To me, it was, it, it couldn't get any better because you were playing Australia, one of the toughest oppositions you can come across. You're playing in a great venue and you've got all those English supporters who are just getting behind the team. And there was a lot of nerves around. Um, I was very, very nervous on the morning. I remember uh, leading into it. But when I was leading the team out, we have these mascots who you obviously you grab, grab the hand and you lead them out and you do the national anthem. And I remember grabbing the mascots and I said to the, the young girl, I said, um, what's your name? And she said, Lucky. And I, I promise you, I just <laughs> literally, from that moment, I just went and just calmed completely. I just went, perfect, Lucky. I'm really happy to have met you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and I remember just holding her hands and she led us out to the, to the lineup and we sang the national anthem and we sang it loud. And we always made sure we, we did, we could hear each other. I mean, the worst voices ever. <laughs> and I just calmed down from that point. I just knew we were going to win that day. And it was just one of those moments where, and I'm not usually softy, softy and, and all that kind of stuff, but to me, it was just the perfect storm. Everything just went perfectly. And, um, and everyone who was involved deserved to, ha to lift that trophy. Uh, on the podium afterwards, um, it was such a good feeling, and and if you could bottle that feeling up, well, I tell you what, I'd I'd open it every single day and um, and try to feel it again because it didn't get any better than that. Amazing. I I think Lucky needs a medal. We need to track him down and, and find him. But I mean, I will track Lucky down and give her a medal. Um, <laughs> just just on that note, fellas, has anyone got their medal within reaching distance or within a short walk so you can show our viewers what that winning World Cup medal looks like? This is going to sound terrible. I can't even find mine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm Rez, have you got? Good. No, I've got mine in. in yeah, I could get it. I could go get it if people want to see. Give yeah, it a it's, second. In his, uh, it's in his pocket, look. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't actually got a clue where mine is either. Give us Honestly, a second. Rez, you've got all those man of, man of the match champagne bottles behind you and your World Cup winner's nowhere, nowhere to be seen. What's, what's that all about? Well, it's in a safe place, but I forgot where that was. Like, we've moved. <laughs> like a squirrel. <laughs> we've moved house about three times. Um well, four, five times since since we won that comp. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand clue where it is. So. You must have, you must have upgraded Brezzy when you won the World Cup. You, <laughs> you went from a three bed to a six bed, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, Paul. Ashes, Ashes did a bit, did a bit for it. Like, did he coming back in with his medal? Has he got it for us? Got it, I've got it. Love to see it. Got it framed, but it said uh, "Wiki curled whoop" on it. <laughs> I'm joking. So there it is to all the Barmy Army. Fantastic. Oh. Look at that. So she got it framed for me, bless her. 
Uh, I remember it looking like that, Sid. Private place. Excellent. In the bar, of course. In the bar, yeah. in the bar while I'm drinking gin or rum. I as might it, have as a. It should, as it should be. I think I've actually got a stump from. Uh, have got you? A stump from the World Cup. Yeah. I think Go on. One of these. Have a look. Collie, you're right to shame here, by the way. I, I know. Yeah. I'm literally. It's as well. So I'm literally, I've got me, I've got me caps nice up. One, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, lads, as well, I've got to blow smoke up Collie's backside because he he hit the winning runs and he gave me the ball. Um, he passed it to me because uh, it was my uh, benefit, my testimonial that year. And he, you know, again, those are things that you you don't forget. And I I never I've never forgot that that Collie went out of his way to give me the the ball that we won the World Cup with. What did I um, chase after the ball and get the ball for you? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you reckon that's it, lads? I reckon that's from Sri Lanka in about 2007, that present. <laughs> Sri Lanka? <laughs> nah, it's definitely... I don't, I don't have the Sri Lanka ones. I think it's... That's, that's World Cup, I think. Or India. Nice stumps, anyway, mate. Really nice stumps. There's, I think there's one somewhere. I, to be fair, now I've to be fair now I've seen that uh, medal. I think it is. I think I've seen it upstairs in me. But I only moved a uh, house a few months ago, and I think I've seen it in a in a box upstairs. <laughs> but I have got I have got one thing that I do. There we go. We're gonna. <laughs> no, we're well, it's, just, it's on. <laughs> I've I've just built a TV unit, so I've I've, I've got a few things nice. on on there. And um, and I do keep. Ah, yes, that's very good. And um, I've seen some stuff that that, one. That to me is I don't know whether you can. It's obviously got the six two two on the back, but it's it stinks honestly. (laughs) But it smells of champagne and cigars. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that to me is just encapsulates encapsulates everything. Yeah, not yeah, just yeah. test cricket, but that's England. Um, yeah. So I, I do, honestly, this is my pride and joy. Um, I keep that in it. Obviously, I want to see it every day. So no, I do keep that um, somewhere where I can see it every day. I'm not surprised. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so Thank much. You. Absolutely love that. I could have talked about it for another hour or so. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. And, pleasure, guys. We'll talk again about it in another 10 years or something. All right. Well done, lads. Uh, Cheers, fellas. Keep churning, lads. lads. Bye. Cheers, City. Cheers, lads. See you later, boys. Sports Social Podcast Network.